We are in Doctrine and Covenants section 87, and as everyone knows, this has to do with the prediction of the world war, well, of the United States war. Um, and what I really enjoyed learning for myself is that when Joseph Smith had this revelation, it was very soon thereafter, very quickly thereafter, that there was this uprising by South Carolina. And and then that was solved very, very quickly. And so it would have been very, very easy for the members of the church and for Joseph Smith to question this revelation and to really think, okay, so did it not come to pass because something happened or, you know, did, did I misunderstand what God was saying? And the thought that came to mind was about Noah and the ark. And one of the things that's really amazing to me that I think as a little child, as I heard that story, I didn't realize is it was a hundred years of Noah building the ark. And so I'm sure there were rainstorms that came. And I'm sure as time passed, the ridicule and people mocking him and his questioning had to grow and increase. And when, Joe, and when Noah finally stepped on that ark with his three sons, which he probably had other children, just like Lehi had other children that he left behind in Jerusalem, um, and he shut the doors. What's to make him think this time the flood is going to happen other than this time it's God's timing and the ark is done and we've got the animals. And I just love this example and thought to us. It's 30 years after this and the members of the church for the majority are out in Utah now. And they're not impacted by this war that Joseph has prophesied at all. Joseph is gone and they're safe from this war and the contention. And that is amazing to me. And one of the things that my mom and I talked about as we did Come Follow Me is when the church came out with the proclamation on the family, I remember that vividly. I was exhausted. I was tired. We had five small kids and I did not want to go to one more meeting but it was general conference. I had invited, I had felt prompted to invite someone in our ward who, um, a young mom, <laughs> probably about my age, but I thought of her as younger because she had one or two kids who I knew was struggling and needed to get out of the house. And so I invited her. So I felt stuck and I just was exhausted and tired. And the last thing I wanted to do was get dressed up and go to this meeting, even though I had heard that it was going to have this great big announcement. And I remember getting ready and the thought was, you will be so blessed because you will be doubly blessed because the Lord knows what a sacrifice this is for you. And as we came to the church and sat, I, I will admit to you, I did not think it was this great revelation. I sat there and thought, no kidding. We know all of that. None of that is revolutionary. But the amazing thing 25 years later is how the family is attacked and how marriage is attacked. And all of that, all of that is revolutionary. 
25 years later. And what an awesome testament of the prophet and the apostles being mouthpieces of God 25 years before it would be challenged. And that is such a treasured statement that I pour over and use in lessons in seminary all the time. It is so revolutionary and so amazing, the wording. And it is amazing my testimony of that. And that's what I feel when I read this. It's amazing to read this and think 30 years later. That is incredible that God told him and in such detail. And as I read um, the background information and as I read in the handbook, I mean, there's pages and pages of what that war cost, that half the people involved died or were injured, the financial cost to Great Britain, who shouldn't have been involved at all, the cost to America, I think it said it was $150 billion, not million dollars. And that is just staggering. And what is the biggest testament at all of all to me is when we talk about the cost to these early saints and crossing the plains and as they went from place to place, and it's so easy in our human frailty to question why God would do that. Why? Why build a temple and have it destroyed? Why move to another place and start again and have it destroyed? Why did anyone have to die when you know that God can swoop in and make it that the weather's tempered? Why did any suffering have to occur crossing the plain? And as I thought of all of that, and I'm a little emotional, the thought that came that has never come before as I read section 87 is, but look at what he spared them. Look at what he kept them completely away from. He took them to heaven in the West where they could build this little church that blossomed into millions of people and how grateful I am for their sacrifice. And I love that testimony meeting where someone was standing up talking about the cost of traveling and then the older gentleman stands and says, you have no idea what you're talking about. All of us who came got to know God personally, got to walk with him, and none of us regret it. And I'm saying that in my words, and I'm sorry I'm slaughtering it, but you know what I'm talking about. And that I hold to, that I treasure, because that is what I want to be. I want to be a person who goes through life and instead of murmuring and instead of questioning and instead of crying, saying, where are you? Because Joseph Smith was in the Liberty Jail. Where's the pavilion hiding thy hiding place that covers thy hiding place? And I just think I've never had to go through anything like them. And yet every time I'm tried and tested, it seems I murmur. I so want to be the person who says, you have no idea what you speak of. That is how I got to know God. That is when I got to walk with him and know him intimately. I'm not there, but I sure pray and hope I get there. 
the question I would ask as you go to verse 8, it says, Wherefore, stand ye in holy places, and be not moved, until the day of the Lord come. For behold, it comes quickly, saith the Lord. Amen. These saints were standing in holy places, and oftentimes those holy places were on the plains, without a house, in a handcart, in the rain, suffering from cold, in the Liberty Jail, with nothing where are you standing at this time in life? Where are you standing? And would you call it a holy place? Are you being edified? Are you growing closer to the Savior? Because that's what will keep us tethered to him in the trials that are surely to come as they have prophesied of these last days. There is surely more to come. Are you growing closer? And that's such a great question because I've really had to reflect during COVID. Have I become more, more selfish, more pulled in, less who the Lord wants me to be? And I'm so grateful that things are opening. I'm so grateful we're back at the temple because I have to say I don't feel that it made me a better person. I feel like it made me a more selfish person. And I so want to be one who wakes up and asks to be used by the Lord in more than just my own four walls. And I hope and pray that I'm able to do that. More used would I be is the song that goes through my head. So I love these verses. The question I would ask is what revelations have you heard that you have begun to wonder and doubt? What prophecies in your own patriarchal blessing do you not see being fulfilled have you discounted that and thought it's not a prophecy, it's not true? Because here's the truth. Every word that proceeds from our prophet and our apostles and your patriarch's mouth, depending on our faithfulness, if we are faithful, will come to pass. It will. And I love that testimony and I hold to it. So I bear you my witness that the church is true and that Everything that we have been taught will happen. I don't know when, but it will. And I hold to that. I hope you know how much our Savior loves you.